0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EVN Disrupt podcast. My name is Nishtat Saturian, and I'm the editor of the creative tech section here at EVN Report. My guest today was Haik Markarian, the CEO of the National Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. We spoke about their initiatives to boost technology transfer in the country and the government's role in fostering an innovative ecosystem. Thank you for listening. Haik, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Najdeh, thank you so much. I was waiting for uh, really to meet you here.
0: We've been talking about doing this for a long time, so I'm, I'm glad we finally got the opportunity to do it. Haik, so you're the CEO of the National Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship, which is hosted under the Ministry of Economy of Armenia. Tell us a little bit about what NCIE does and what the scope of the mission is for NCIE.
1: NCIE was... Uh, formed by the government around 2009, but uh, there were no quite big resources to implement some projects. And when I offered prime minister to start the modernization of the center in 2021, that the year we started very actively uh, in, in engaging different experts, paying them some money, even many people came uh, for free. They said that we want to Be engaged in building the innovation ecosystem in armenia and uh, simultaneously doing the reform of the center to have better governmental structure at this point we're doing some pilot projects also we have uh, some fixed governmental projects and the main scope of activities is the main one is technology transfer office which in is in the process to get a separate governmental decision and uh, additional budget business support office uh, we're giving initial coordination in consulting information to international businesses, innovative companies, startups who would want to come and work in Armenia, the reimbursement program, the governmental reimbursement pro- program for highly qualified experts, and as many of you have heard, uh, the new amadi 24 Mars Analog Simulation Mission, which is uh, coordinated by NCI as well.
0: Right. So the overall scope Based on my understanding of of the center is to encourage an ecosystem for innovation within the country. I think often a lot of people might not see the role that governments can play in helping foster innovation. It's rare that innovation is accidental, right? There's a support system and an ecosystem that really encourages and makes it thrive. Tell us a little bit about what people should know about what positive roles governments can play. To, to help foster that, um, especially in the context of technology transfer, I think that would be really interesting to people. Yes, uh, from the
1: beginning, I uh, with the help of few experts in technology transfer, there are not many of them in Armenia, but because of uh, our uh, di- diaspora resource, we invited one professor from uh, Texas University in Austin, and one expert here in Armenia, Vartan Gevorkian, who is the representative of Armenian engineers and scientists uh, of America. And uh, to my understanding, they're biggest experts here in Armenian Technology Transfer, and they offered through NCIE to form centralized governmental technology transfer office. Like in the States, now uh, each university has its own office, which helps to commercialize uh, research and inventions, right. innovations. Uh, but in the beginning, it was uh, funded by governmental support. And we want to do the same here, to build one centralized. I'm just coming back from Texas, uh, and they had a big gathering of technology transfer managers it is very very dynamic uh, field now in the states and developed countries but in post soviet countries it is not developed at, at all and we want to at least start with governmental help start uh, the pipeline how you can from disclosing the invention come to financial return and earn money so our main goal to give understanding to our scientists especially to the younger generation that you can earn money from your research, from your inventions. You can build startups, spin-offs, and sell your license and bring big money from your innovations.
0: The idea of technology transfer is basic research that is done universities and other institutions to be able to find ways to commercialize those or turn them into products that can come to market. What are some of the types of things that you would be funding? Would it be like early stage funding for a startup that might be spinning mm-hmm. out of a lab? Or is it is it some other... Area on the pipeline that you guys are trying to cover.
1: At this point, we fund only the highly qualified experts. If the organization brings uh, the expert from abroad or from Armenia, and uh, we give the reimbursement of their salaries up to seventy percent per month, mm-hmm. and up to two million drums per month for the universities and for other institutions up to million and five hundred thousand uh, drams per month. But uh, we connect these scientists, the institutions with. Investors and angel investors, VCs, and other types of investing uh, mechanisms. At this point, we don't have our own programs, but the the basic uh, solution is to finally get the final version of the system. How would scientists earn money? The institution earn money at this situation? NCIE and uh, the university earn money before and even now uh, in post Soviet countries, if from the university or from any other institution, there is any research or invention and it is commercialized. University usually does not get anything and uh, we want to stimulate the ecosystem uh, so that both scientists, universities and the intermediary institutions like NCIU or other institutions earn money. In our case, we are finalizing the agreement and hopefully with the help of Migran Aroyan. We're going to sign the first uh, public uh, technology transfer deal with the Physics Institute. Hopefully it will uh, be successful with some American investor. And if it's uh, confirmed, the uh, NCI will get some funding, the scientists and the Institute itself.
0: Hmm. What does a technology transfer deal look like? What does that mean?
1: Usually there are two ways. Either. The scientist uh, is creating a new company and becoming a co-founder of of the organization and uh, has some shares in the organization. Or he just patents the invention and uh, sells the license to the other organization and gets money from, Hmm. from the license.
0: So in that sense, technology transfer is not necessarily always sort of a direct path to entrepreneurship it could be just a new technology or, or something new in science that was developed at a university or another research institution i guess in the, the name yes. there is the transfer to a startup or a company yes. that would bring it to market and commercialize yes. it it's yes. not necessarily the scientists then switching career paths no, in a way no. to become an entrepreneur no, no. most of them they would right. want to
1: continue their scientific journey right. and right. just
0: to sell the license that really brings i think a lot of people when they hear the initial conversation they might think that what is the role for the this mm-hmm. intermediary of a technology transfer office, but that really spells it out, right? Because yes. the scientist just wants to keep doing science, whereas yes. the technology transfer office is the one that would deal with, the, I guess, the business side of things, as you, yes, you, would, yes, you yes. call it. Yes, yeah. yes,
1: yes. Business marketing and right. then finding these investors and also just giving seminars and teach our scientists that you don't need to be afraid of talking with business people about your technologies. You can earn, actually, money from mass production more money rather than you just uh, wait until somebody comes and invests big amount of money to your uh, invention and usually it doesn't happen. Mm
0: Fascinating. In more mature ecosystems like in the US and Western Europe, how important is technology transfer to some of these more successful larger universities? And what does it bring them other than just some revenue? Or or is the revenue substantial? Substantial from technology transfer initiatives?
1: Not uh, the major percentage of the universities have revenue from the technology transfer. But uh, let's say Harvard University, I think, is the most successful one in the States and earns a lot of money annually from technology transfer. But this is Harvard. And by the way, one of the uh, leaders of the office is Yelena an Ar- Armenian woman as well, who is helping us here as well. But the, the main thing is that government understands that uh, it's not uh, only about revenue for the institution. It's uh, developing the ecosystem, helping scientists and finding these hidden gems. And you just need how many iPhones you need, how many apples you need, one. And you can just uh, boost the entire ecosystem. Even here in Armenia, and uh, many people are asking, do we have this potential? Do we have this research? Do we have these uh, inventions? And with a good commercial potential patents, we're saying maybe we don't have many of them. But we just need one or two great ones, and we definitely do have them. We just need to connect them with right investors, with right uh, people, and uh, negotiate the whole process and uh, license correctly. Mm -hmm. And it will just give the big uh, trigger to the entire scientific and uh, science-based economy.
0: What about from the perspective of improving the university's reputation Mm -hmm. globally and also being able to attract scientists, researchers, lecturers to those institutions? Um, Does it play a positive role in, in that sense? It
1: is actually, yes. With this new reimbursement program, government actually subsidizes the largest portion of reimbursement money to the universities to help them to bring uh, international expertise and uh, professors from abroad and government is ready to reimburse up to 2 million drums per month for the professors who would want to come and teach in the universities and we are in touch with most of the universities in Armenia And just recently signed the agreement with the uh, High Commissioner's Office of the ASPRA so that uh, together with them, find these people who would want to come and Mm -hmm. teach in the universities and work here in Armenia and then use this reimbursement program.
0: Right. Is it something that academics look for when they're picking a a university? Like, is successful technology transfer relevant to their choice, to their decision-making?
1: Some of the universities, like Agrarian University, for them, it is critically important. Uh, Rector is a very active and flexible person and he understands and they have already some great inventions. And he is, I think, one of the most active people who would want to open technology transfer office in the university. And we are in close uh, collaboration to bring experts to them and maybe in the future, because at this point we don't have quite big resource, but in the future open joint accelerators uh, for their students to mm-hmm. help yeah. with their startups.
0: You mentioned the agrarian uh, university. It's noteworthy because agriculture is an important part of Armenia's economy. And oftentimes, a lot of agrotech solutions are built for larger markets, not necessarily for Armenia. So if we have an agrarian university that is potentially producing tech that could help solve some of the domestic issues in the market. That would be a huge boost. Do you guys think about sort of strategic areas for the country that need to be focused on from a technology transfer perspective? And, and if so, what are those areas?
1: You know, statistically, it's from the Soviet period, so we were very, very strong in mathematics and physics. Actually, even now, per capita Armenia is one of the leaders in the world uh, by the research in this field physics and mathematics and uh, that's why we are in very very close uh, cooperation with the physics institute and hopefully one of the first deals in technology transfer is going to be on their base and of course polytechnic uh, university so to us these two fields are priority of course biotech is growing and agro agriculture as you mentioned Mm -hmm. uh,
0: are those priorities um, because we have the potential for it, or because it's there's a need to solve some of the country's uh, yes. issues with? It? Yes, both These both.
1: two fields uh, have very big potential, especially in Armenia, as we mentioned with uh, with our heritage and big uh, uh, research, but also it gives foundation for a economic and national security. If we find correct inventions and solutions, it will just bring us big benefits.
0: Right. for the country. Yeah, mm-hmm. Just moving a little bit away from technology transfer, one of those discussions that I think maybe is not spoken about enough when it comes to innovation, but it was spoken about very, in a real, I had a really interesting conversation with the head of the Estonian Research Council when they were here for Digitech a few months ago. And they were speaking about making innovation more inclusive in the sense of ensuring that the benefits of having an innovation ecosystem in the country are more widespread. Oftentimes, you know, we talk about how well the tech sector is doing and stuff, but it still touches maybe not everyone, certainly. It still touches a, a small part of the overall country. Is this within the scope of your center? And is it something that you guys think about? And how do you think about it? How can we make it such that some of these advancements that we're making in Armenia sort of reach broader society and aren't left to, you know, the... 30,000-40,000 people that that work in the industry. Yes,
1: I totally agree with you. You know, with again, the center uh, has great mandate, but our resource, especially the active part of our center, is very, very limited. And I think what we have done within these two years, it's, to my mind, thanks to my team, is quite impressive. We have done the inventorization of most of the scientific inventions, and we have met most of the institutions and universities in the scope of technology transfer. And we are preparing the first deal and the agreement, which was not prepared, the official agreement. But also in the five-year governmental program, we are in charge of building the regional development of youth entrepreneurship, innovators, women entrepreneurship. And one of the main pillars is to teach in the region people how to use modern innovative mechanisms to earn money. And you can do it in your region and you can develop yourself and your product and your organization in your region it is not necessary especially in the modern times to go out and uh, find some success in the bigger cities
0: yeah i'm really happy to hear that there's efforts being placed towards bringing that messaging to the the regions because oftentimes when people speak about armenia's booming tech industry, in my mind, I think it's really Yegevan's, uh booming tech industry. There's now some activity in Gyumri yes. and there's some initiatives to expand it to other cities, but that we really have a lot of work to do on, on that front. Indeed,
1: yeah. and uh, together, one more thing, together with the Switzerland Chamber of Commerce, we're doing annual pitching sessions in the region for young uh, entrepreneurs. Last year we did uh, in Gyumri and we uh, invited scientists, micro-business owners, women entrepreneurs and actually, wounded soldiers from the uh, war, and they showed their projects, and they got funding from the Chamber of Commerce. And this year, we're gonna do in vanadzor again to kind of help to develop this regional ecosystem. Mm,
0: fantastic. Let's speak a little bit about. You mentioned a few times the government program to uh, reimburse the salaries of experts from abroad who. Uh, wish to move to Armenia for some period of time. We spoke about that quite extensively a few months ago with Hofsep Patrakanyan yes. from the Investment Council who was involved in developing this plan. Can you give us an update on how it's going so far? Are there some numbers you can share with us? How successful has it been so far?
1: Yeah, at this point it is uh, quite successful. Uh, we have already 321 applicants from different fields uh, and uh, they are working in 18 uh, organizations, we have signed contracts with them and are waiting in the very nearest uh, days, are going to start uh, the reimbursement itself. I would say, again, together with the Office of High Commissioners for Diaspora Affairs, we want to bring more and more uh, highly qualified experts and use their resource with Diaspora Network to connect with, uh, target them and connect them with the organizations here in Armenia. The goal is to increase productivity of the organizations by bringing the expertise, but it is not necessarily for people from abroad. Even here in Armenia, if there are people with who match the criteria, they can apply. They can go to the organizations, work there, and then the organization applies, and if they are approved they can get the reimbursement for
0: their employees. I think that's one of the the more interesting programs that has popped up uh, recently and even if the numbers don't reach like thousands mm-hmm. or stuff, a few really key people and yeah. key institutions could make a huge difference. Yeah, so I, I really applaud that. Hike uh this is really one of the uh, such a, a fascinating topic. We might have to come back one day to speak about it much further. But this Mars program that you guys are doing. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much. No uh just very Coincidentally, uh, somebody told us that there is this uh, program from Austrian Space Forum. We invited them to Armenia, and they haven't actually heard about much about our scientific and space heritage. And uh, we formed some uh, organizational committee, uh, including UAT, some legal uh, representatives, and as a governmental body was uh, NCIE, and uh, we showed them the... Uh, different locations in Armenia. One of the criteria was that this uh, landscape is very uh, similar to Mars. To Mercury. Yes. <laughs> was one of the options. options. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> They're going to tell uh, publicly soon, very soon. Okay. 99% they have decided, but not 100% yet. <laughs> My <laughs> guess is Mercury, but we'll yeah. <laughs> see. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, we told them about our heritage in science space and. Uh, that the first uh, Mars rover was designed by Armenian kemurjan and many other things. And uh, they were really shocked that Armenia has this big potential and actually many things have been forgotten and they are saying let's do it in Armenia. And it was a very, very uh, big excitement for all of us because this will really help to rebuild uh, our scientific and space heritage Because it's not only about space, it's mainly about uh, scientific experiments during their mission. Every two, three years they're choosing one country and there were other candidate countries for the next year. But uh, suddenly they decided to change their mind and announced that Armenia is going to be the host country. We have invited them during the Armenia 23 this uh, forum. Uh, We want to do it like an annual innovation forum. And... uh, during the forum, they have signed uh, the agreement with, because it's it's actually a private agency, Austria oh, okay. Space Forum, it's a private agency, even though the European Space Agency, they have introduced us to each other. And they have signed the agreement with the, another private mm-hmm. Armenian aerospace agency for more flexibility. And in uh, March 2024, they're going to launch this mission. They're going to build the base uh, where it's going to be kind of a, a closed area uh, where they're going, going to do a one month mission of analog simulation, Mars simulation and what is very interesting for us that I have approached our famous astronaut James Bakian and he was so happy that uh, something like this is happening in Armenia he joined online even though it was 4 a.m. in in the States he joined online, he greeted everyone and he showed his support and he until now is saying that I want to be engaged as much as possible Fantastic. and p- build connections even maybe with American stakeholders yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting, not only you were telling the story of the history of science in Armenia, but also at least twice now you've mentioned you know prominent Armenians abroad who yes. work in really top places. Like earlier you said, Harvard's technology transfer office, and uh, we have an astronaut. Their willingness to engage in developing these kinds of projects in Armenia is such a huge, I almost want to say luxury and gift yes. that uh, Armenia has. And utilizing that is, I think, hugely important. And it's such a, it's such a It'd be so unfortunate to not utilize it, right? I you know, totally agree. Huge potential there. Yes, yeah. and
1: to my mind, we are not utilizing it uh, enough. enough, yes. Even not to 10%, I think. Yeah.
0: I want to ask you more about that in a minute, but quickly on on the Mars project, can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about what type of things they'd be experimenting with?
1: They are going to do some interesting experiments during their mission related to soil, to plants, to human health, to rovers, to drones. To uh, delay in frequency if latency it, latency right. yes mm-hmm. all the gathering data which will help uh, during hopefully in future missions right. in real missions.
0: Right. Um, Hike. Earlier, we spoke about utilizing professionals from the diaspora more within Armenia's different institutions, both governmental and not. You yourself, I believe, grew up in Russia. Was that right? And you came to Armenia with the IGORTS mm-hmm. program. Yes. And I think you're one of the more successful examples of Igor's participants. Another one is my good friend, Argos, which I I think is a mutual friend of ours. What's your message to... Armenians abroad that might want to get more engaged specifically from your perspective in governmental bodies?
1: Yes, uh, thank you for the question, Neshtey. You know, uh, yeah, I've been living in Russia and it's interesting that I have experienced also peop- talking with people in in the West. I've been studying in the States and working in Canada as well. And you know what I have uh, seen Armenians in diaspora. You just offer them some small thing, but practical most of them would will to come and uh, do something good for Armenia and again what I said that we're not unfortunately utilizing this resource entirely like we're utilizing very small part of it to my mind like Igor's this reimbursement program again Igor's brought one of the diaspora representatives and now we are with other Igor's participants we are doing another program which is related to diaspora as well And if you engage more and more diaspora Armenians, definitely we have this hidden big potential, which is a lot bigger than any oil or anything else, gold or something, what our neighbors have. But they do not have this resource. And even other countries, when I meet their representatives, they say, you need to use it, even help us to approach these institutions where your diaspora armenians work because we cannot approach them but you have this key to these institutions through your armenians can you help us to go to these institutions even other people understand other country representatives understand and now what we are doing of course in our scope we're trying to to do small in related to science small database of highly qualified scientists in the diaspora which will help in the field of commercializing technologies, to our scientists, let's say we have one invention here, and we need an expert which will help to correctly identify this invention and then connect with a correct investor or company, big right. company where he works. And most of them who we approach, who we write, they reply right away, and they just uh, like Elena or other people like Migran. He came, he came through Igor's as well, but. I would say he is a unique Igor's participant because he's a professor, he has big experience, and he's not a young Igor's, Igor's participant. He, he has achieved many things in his life, but he just wants to come serve to a country at least for one year. But now I'm doing everything so that he stays more. He <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and through him, we connected to many, many other people. One man is coming and he connects to his network of other Armenian diaspora. Uh, representatives, which are practically helpful to Armenia.
0: Fantastic. Aik, our last question. Uh, Where do you hope to see NCIE in five years? What, What work do you hope to have accomplished in five years?
1: Normal, institutional, systematic innovation center, which we don't have at this point. Honestly, if not to talk about only positive things, we don't have actually normal, big innovation center in Armenia. What we are doing, it sounds big. And actually we have some good results, but still it is kind of a small portion of what we can do. Like other even post-Soviet countries, yes we know they have money, they have invested hundreds of millions of dollars in building these centers, but we can do it also, let's say, within this Ashtarak academia big project what government is doing, we want to include in the future the innovation set as well so that it has direct connection with the education and research and then commercialization. So hopefully in five years we want to have formed institution which will work on a more automated and systematic basis.
0: I wish you a lot of luck with that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today.